It's that time again. We go beyond the jive. Join our hosts, John Swan and Natalie B. Brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. All you hive jive junkies out there, this is the Hive Jive. Uh, I was going to say, ho, 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 hello. <laughs> ho, 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 hello. <laughs> ho, 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 hello. <laughs> no, I don't have no idea. Laughing's um, awesome. <laughs> little balls going up and down. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. Um, so for, for those of you who cannot see us, if you're not uh, doing the video version of this, you're missing out. We're in our holiday PJs, um, and I am I am wearing a posable santa hat that has a, a little little the it's very long and the little ball thingy bounces around because it's kind of on a spring so uh yeah we're all festive this morning for y'all everybody as much as possible <laughs> as much as possible that's true uh, it is morning time christmas is almost here i think oh let's see i guess saturday I don't know when you're listening to this, so it doesn't, you know, me giving specific time frames and such is is kind of irrelevant. But uh, Christmas is is on its way. It's approaching. It's almost here. And we hope that you all have a wonderful holiday season. And we just kind of wanted to go back and recap. Um, this is our last episode for the year. There will not be an episode between Christmas and New Year's, but we will be back in January with more new Patreon content. Um, but. We have done a lot this year. Uh, it like, I, technically not as much as we could have done because there are 52 weeks in the year uh, and there have been, apparently if you count this one and the next one that needs to come out, we are at 44 episodes for the year. Um, you know, and there could have been the potential of 52, but again, uh, we've had some scheduling conflicts and and things here and there that have popped up and then you know not doing one or two the the last part of the year so that is uh that is a lot that's a lot of episodes out there so if we go back and we just recap very quickly and uh natalie we'll see if you can some of these i remember from the titles and i, I know like what specifically we were talking about other ones the titles are kind of goofy and funny but i'm like i don't remember what was what was in that one <laughs> so but we'll we'll go back real quick and just kind of go through what these were and then uh, you know talk about maybe some uh, some of our favorite aspects of stuff for the year or, or accomplishments that we did because one of the first things that we talked about technically at this time last year where we we were reflecting on our resolutions from the prior year and making new resolutions for the coming year. I don't remember what all of those were, but I'm pretty sure. I did not accomplish them. <laughs> I don't remember my resolutions either. I, I think my resolution was I will no longer make resolutions. I resolve to make no more. Entire year. Yes, exactly. So that that's where we start. We had reflecting on revolution. Uh, revolution. It's our revolution. Resolutions. You're rebellious this morning. Well, you know a little bit. Uh, we talked about the egg size and how it actually matters when the bees are going through and selecting queens. We did a little touch base uh, just to kind of see where everybody was at with stuff. We talked about the, uh, this word kills me, nutricidal honey aspects. Um, so basically kind of honey is medicine in a 
very high overview of things. Um, for whatever reason, I didn't title this one uh, in the in the uh, oh yes, bottled beekeeping. I do remember that one. Um, that was the the gentleman that was actually taking the plastic water bottles, the huge ones, and he was turning them into makeshift hives and being able to add and stack things on there. We talked about biases in beekeeping. Um, we had one that was off with her head, which I can only imagine had to do with queens. <laughs> exactly. Uh, selecting wrong, which also had to do with queens when you're going through and both grafting and potentially selecting the wrong type of eggs, as well as selecting the wrong type of breeding stock and maybe choosing the wrong genetic traits um, from what you had intended. And that was more of a absent-minded, not like you were purposefully doing it, but by not doing certain things, you're still actually making a choice. Like it's that whole no choice is still a choice. So that, uh, let's see, <laughs> I got myself lost. We did a sneak peek for season four, which is still in production, <laughs> still coming. We talked about <laughs> conspiracy theories, um, mainly like, you know, are there different conspiracies in beekeeping and potentially how much influence does these major conglomerates have whenever they're pushing certain things it's, it's that whole follow the money aspect right. multi-directional which uh that one i'm not entirely sure i think that might have been both comb direction and hive direction and how the bees kind of go in, in multiple ways at once we talked about varietal ponderings um different varietal aspects of honeys and things like that Ticking Time Bombs, which was actually inspired by one of our listeners who was overrun with ticks. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember that one. That was not the most pleasant one. <laughs> no, that was a little creepy crawly. Um, we talked about 3D printed hives, intuitive beekeeping, uh, how I was a bee-less beekeeper for quite a while. Um, right. We talked about the sting of beekeeping, some of our horror stories that we have uh, accumulated over the years. We had the symbiosis which was actually based off of one of the articles that we had read and uh, a story uh, or a book that was out there. Um, something fishy. Hmm. <laughs> that would have been a good one for Ken to be in. Oh, something fishy. <laughs> we talked about conversion therapy, uh, mainly converting hives to different things. We're not trying to convert you unless you want to be converted to a beekeeper or a top bar beekeeper, then hey, we're all for it. Uh, sticky situations. That's everything in beekeeping. Yes, we so talked about basically. it is it is like i said mom knows everywhere i've gone when i've done beekeeping because everything <laughs> i touch is sticky um we talked about australia being invaded by the mites and the conundrum down under we've talked about dearths and uh what to expect with your queens and your colonies during that time we discussed the hypothesis of our robot overlords when uh, everything becomes automated electronic and robotic we okay. talked about the different types of pollen substitutes and whether or not there is uh, really much benefit to those. There was one called tangential, which uh, I know what that stands for when you're doing extracting, but I don't remember specifically the uh, aspect of that episode. <laughs> we did challenges in beekeeping. We had a 12-day recap because a lot of events had happened during that last 12-day period. What if episode on mites where I, I challenged Natalie to think about what if scenarios that went against her uh, own natural desires philosophy. of natural beekeeping. Yes. <laughs> so, That's my philosophy. <laughs> we talked about queen longevity, mentorship, being random, which was a bunch of just random conversation between the two of us, imported versus native bees, unpredictable nature and weather events. 
We talked about procrastinating, which we are pros at. That we are we are master procrastinators. Both of us. Both <laughs> we understand that one. We are well educated in that subject. <laughs> uh, let's see. Always learning, which you should always continue striving to learn. Swarming revelations, which I do have a topic to talk about about swarms uh, as a side note. Um, and I'm very tempted to actually put this out there on the main platform. So if I do it, it'll actually be in advance of you hearing this. And you'd be like, he already did that. Um, but we shall see on that one. So swarming revelations, improvising, because uh, improvisation is actually very, very useful in beekeeping. It's good to be able to have that mindset. We talked about what's changed over the years in beekeeping, if anything. We've talked about the thymol entrance reducer. We revisited that topic, something Ken and I talked about years in the past, and now it is kind of coming to fruition. So we had a discussion about that. We told some cautionary tales uh, about, you know, things that we have done that uh, maybe you could learn from, get a few laughs from, but, you know, things that you should stop and consider possibly outside of the realm of beekeeping, but still affecting you while you're doing your beekeeping. Then we talked about rekindling the spark, finding that awe and joy in beekeeping and how to reignite that passion for it, which was soon followed up by uh, Voluntold, which is us going through and talking about volunteering for different types of clubs and when you should or should not do that and how you should do it, but we're not going to hold it against you if you don't in certain aspects. So you've been voluntold to volunteer. Cautionary tales. <laughs> Cautionary tales. That, yeah, I went back to that one. <laughs> so we have all of those aspects, all of those different topics that we have talked about over the past year. The one that is uh, was just released before this one, my brain is already like fried out and I really, I haven't actually thought of the title <laughs> for it yet because again, it's funny how time works in podcast world, you know, like it can be <laughs> way in the future or way in the past. And right now we're recording this almost back to back with certain other aspects of stuff. And I just did the other one and I don't know what we're going to call it. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's um, Queen Bees. It's about queens. It's about pageantry and queens. Uh, we'll see what that title comes out as because it'll be a surprise even to me at this All point. All hail the queen. <laughs> All hail the queen. Um, so there you go. That kind of takes you up to this little holiday special episode with my funny little hat and us and our warm, cozy little PJs. And, you know, yeah, winter yeah. PJs. Winter I PJs. wish I could have found my hat. I couldn't find my one. I looked everywhere. She tried. She really did. Quite she hard. scavenged the house looking. Leaving have... a trail of boxes open and everything. Because we're just now switching to the winter stuff. And we haven't yet decorated the house, so it's probably in one of the, you know, decoration boxes. Over here beside me. Now, this is, again, this is one of those weird time warps, right? Okay, so it's literally Christmas. You're listening to this, and Christmas is just a couple of days away. And we're right. talking about we haven't decorated yet. But that's because this is being recorded at a different time. <laughs> Sorry to spoil the magic and wonder, but it, it does make you stop and think. Natalie is not decorating for Christmas Two days before Christmas. That's that's not quite the uh, the concept there. But right over here to my left, which I am not going to turn the camera and show you, but there is a wall of Tupperware containers that is full. My Christmas tree is in there. It's not up yet. <laughs> All I of the garland that goes inside the house. It's not yeah, in I just realized my stuff is probably in that closet right there. Oh, right there behind you. And that's funny. There. You looked all over the house, out in the garage, storage. <laughs> All the stuff from last year has been put in the bins right here. And I thought they were in the garage. They were, I thought they were in my closet, but oh, well. 
Well, we moved our stuff out of storage and it is it is downstairs here, like I said, just over to the left of me. And there's one extremely long tote, which is the Christmas tree, three mega totes on top of that, and then two smaller totes that are full of all kinds of stuff. In fact, I can see another Santa hat down here in this other thing, but I don't know how to shove it through the computer to give it to you. Uh, <laughs> That's <a> teleportation. <laughs> right, right. You know, time travel, teleportation, it's all right. the magic of, of podcasting here. So, okay. uh, yeah. But no, we we just kind of wanted to stop in, touch base. Um, those are the different things that we have talked about over the season. And who knows what the next season will hold. I don't know yet. So, I mean, sometimes I don't know whenever we hit record. <laughs> so that's not saying much. <laughs> sometimes we don't hit record and we go through the entire episode. <laughs> that is true. If you if you include all of the episodes that we did not record, we've done over 52 episodes probably for the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn. Things happen. Yeah. So... One thing that when we were going through those titles and I we, we talked about the swarming, um, one thing that I am very interested in and I want everybody else to go check out. So I'm going to say it here on Patreon, which is going to be out of context because, again, the main platform, you know, when things come and go and whatnot. But I may put one out there as well. So um, I've talked about before Mandy Shaw and her Beekeeper Confidential podcast. And she put out an episode recently that was Swarm Vibroacoustics, I think is what she titled it. And I would highly recommend that everybody go listen to it. It is it is not a true episode. There's not somebody talking through the whole thing. Mandy comes on. She does a introduction. She tells a tiny little story about what is actually occurring during this recording. And the rest of it is the audio recording of the bees themselves as they prep and go through an actual swarm and it initiates out of her colony. Now, it is a lot of just bee sounds. So you should do it when you're not distracted. You should listen to it. She even says, sit back, close your eyes, take in all the different sounds. But some of the things that she points out in there, which I found very fascinating and didn't really think about the correlation. I've kind of ran into it myself a few times, but I didn't see it with my own eyes, except for the one instance, which we talked about in that, in the awe, kind of reinvigorating the awe and the spark of beekeeping. I told the story about, you know, sometimes you have those aha moments. And mine was whenever I pulled out one of the bars on the top bar and witnessed the Virgin Queen assassinating the other queens inside their swarm cells. That was an aha moment. But one of the things that I didn't necessarily correlate with that was the fact that I got called out there because the swarm had just issued from the colony went all over the neighbor's backyards and then condensed back up into the same yard in a tree right beside the hive and I came out there collected it and then we immediately went through the colony and that's when I found the queen so the queen had already emerged she was already going through the process of assassinating her potential rivals and the mother queen had just left and just issued out and went out there so in that scenario the queen was already born and probably had been out moving about for a little while before this swarm actually left. And in Mandy's recording at the very beginning, she talks about how she had an opportunity. She had a colony. She heard weird noises from it. And she knew that colony was getting ready to potentially swarm. So she decides to go out there and actually stick some microphones inside the colony, some little lapel mics and such, so that she could record this. Now, one of the things that she found that kind of astonished her was that the queen emerged, the new queen, the virgin queen emerged 
several days before the swarm itself actually issued from the colony, which that right there is something that we don't really think about that. When we read and we we teach and we educate in beekeeping, most of the time what you actually hear is the fact that the queen will be making the piping, pipping noises, and she will be getting ready to actually issue forth and emerge from her cell. And that's kind of the signal for the mother queen to leave. But in my experience, that one time when I did find her, so once I have visually been able to confirm this, and also in Mandy's experience, this actually happened several days before. So the queen actually came out of the cell, stayed in the colony, and the colony did not allow her to fight the mother queen, or she didn't try. And then she went ahead and in like the regular process that we would think of actually happened. So that was actually very fascinating to me to, to actually think about that. When you put it in context of after swarms, where the, the colony issues multiple swarms at a time, they will do the same similar thing where one of the queens emerges and they will actually sequester that queen off to a different port, part of the colony and keep her there so that she can't go murder the others. And then as the others emerge, they take little swarms and go. So it was kind of really cool. But you get to hear lots of different sounds. You get to hear the pipping, the piping, the quacking, however you want to specifically say it. You get to hear those. You get to hear the buzz stops or the run stops. You get to hear all kinds of different vibrational acoustic noises that the bees are making as they're leading up to the actual swarm event where they're saying, okay, everybody out, everybody out, let's go. Um, it was very cool. And it gets very loud. Uh but it's very fascinating as well. So I did find that very cool and interesting, and I would definitely recommend that you go out there and check it out. Again, I may put this out li literally on the main platform as well. I may just put a little thing out there just to recommend people go listen to it, because I think there's a lot of beekeepers that have probably never heard the queen do the quacking or the piping, the pipping. And that's fascinating in and of itself. But you hear some of these other things, you don't necessarily... You understand the concept of them, but you don't understand how they actually sound in the real world practice. So listening to this and, and being able to just sit down, tune out everything else and tune into this and hear those different sounds and start pairing them up, I think is very educational and very fascinating for people. So go check it out. Swarm Vibroacoustics, I believe, again, is, is how she put it um, to check it out. Beekeeper Confidential, Mandy Shaw, the Beekeeper Confidential podcast. Go out there and check it out. If you've never listened to it before, it is very interesting. But if nothing else, just listen to that one episode just to hear those bee sounds because I think you'll enjoy it. Well, I mean, it goes into our senses, right? You need to, for it to be a good beekeeper, you need to tune into your olfactory senses, gustatory senses, and also auditory. Uh, and, and just kind of take all that in as all the parameters that inform you on, on the status of your colony. And we often forget that one. So it's very pertinent. It is. And, and we don't really think about the bees making sounds other than, you know, the buzzing flying noises. So right. to hear them make these little squeaks and pips and quacks, you're like, what? Um, you hear them shaking the queen, like, you know. <laughs> come on, come on, let's go. No, 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 you can't stop. Keep moving, keep moving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I realized that when they are throwing after swarms is because they have enough bees in the mother colony. And, and so I was reading the honeybee ecology from Dr. Seeley. And one of the chapters was talking about that very process. So that's a very fitting, I was doing that yesterday. And that's a very fitting um, correlation 
to the, the information and and I'm definitely going to go and listen to the audio. Yeah. Now to to call you out again for everybody who can actually see us on here as Natalie was talking if you look over to her right there's <laughs> now magically a pile of holiday boxes that were not there when she was talking a minute ago because the whole time I was telling that story she was frantically digging through the closet still attempting to find her Santa hat. <laughs> I dumped everything this stuff all over my closet. I just I saw you you were pulling it. up those were really cool stockings you pulled out stockings and decorations yeah. and stuff but still no hat. <laughs> no hat. It's in one of those boxes I'm sure but for next episode maybe there you go maybe well i mean next episode the holidays will be over so that's true the you would be thing. yeah sorry guys no santa hat for natalie this year <laughs> she was maybe if you find it a lump of coal instead oh no well i was gonna say if you find it you can always take a picture and we'll post it on social media and be like that. she yes. really did have a hat see <laughs> yes. we could do some photoshop and put you and i next to each other with our little outfits that's true. We could do that. We definitely could do that. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to think about that. I have the technology and the skills to do so. Uh, time is a question, but you know, oh, we're yeah. coming up on the end of the year, so I got I got time coming. At least I think I do. I want to feel like I do. I still have projects to complete. <laughs> you got thrown curveballs, though. I did. I did. We yeah, we had some uh, some unexpected delays that came up. And so my projects that were supposed to be done by now are not done. Um, but that's OK. I, and, and when they get done, guess what? Other projects have to be started. Right. And it only pushed back, you know, the down the line. Right. That's right. That's right. I mean, names. we took an entire year, basically, hiatus from the main podcast that's out there for everybody. So all of 2022 has just been here on Patreon, with the exception of like maybe five episodes that went out. Maybe, maybe, you know, when there was something really interesting, exciting or important. Like I told everybody that I moved out of Texas. That was one episode. Uh, I gave everybody an update on the fact that I still was a beeless beekeeper and didn't have any bees. So that was another episode. I gave everybody the update about the bear when the bear came and visited, because that was an exciting experience and a little scary. Um, so that went out there. <laughs> There was uh, there was one episode, I believe, that was, I think it was this year. Maybe not, though. Um, it might have been towards the tail end of the prior year. But there was an update on remembering, you know, those that we've lost during COVID and things and like that. it was last, last fall. Yeah, yeah, so that one that one was a little bit further back. Uh, but so there, you know, since we technically went off the air, went on hiatus for the, the main show, there's been several things that came out there, so... Um, and then these episodes that everybody's hearing right now on Patreon, eventually someday will become bonus episodes on the main platform for everybody else as well, which that's when things get really out of context. Cause you may be listening to this in June, two years it's later going, summer. what are you talking about? <laughs> it's about ready to be Christmas. <laughs> We're sitting here with big fleece. Why are you wearing flannel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, the magic and wonder of podcasting. You know, when you're doing any type of recording, it, it you can it, play with timelines. It's fine. It will work for Australia. That's true. Sort of. They'll be listening to it in their winter. So yeah, we'll be dressed appropriately, maybe for that. <laughs> Our friends down under. Our friends down under. Well, I don't know. Um, so what do you think next year holds? For like personally or just for the program? Um, we can specifically tailor it down to bees and, uh, not even necessarily just the podcast, but bees. 
I think it's going to be a little tricky next year, especially in Texas, because it's been a little tough on them. And I think that um, commercial bees in the East Coast have suffered quite a bit. So I was, you know, listening to commercial beekeepers. They were saying bees are going to get, if you're buying your bees, they're going to get much more expensive and Ooh. hard to get. That's rough because in Texas, they're already stupid expensive. They're very expensive in Texas. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. I I would say, I, I mean, I don't want to count my colonies before they've overwintered, <laughs> but um, I would say that next year, like we we've got established finally, uh, we recuperated from the bear attack. We we've got two colonies going into winter strong, and so next year the hope will be to maybe double that to four colonies. And kind of see how that plays out. We'll we'll have to see because the the top bar is basically going to be regrowing from scratch. It's it's starting back over as a five frame Langstroth nuke that can expand into the top bar body. But the Langstroth itself, the other one, is full and robust and and very easily could be split if they make it through the winter. Okay, so we'll see how that goes. We've got swarm traps. I'm going to do some more and see if we can uh, gain some more bees from that aspect. And if I do a split on the Langstroth, it may not be a traditional split because I don't necessarily want to have another Langstroth. I would have to go buy more equipment. So instead, what I think I'm going to actually end up doing is doing more like a Shook Swarm and doing that artificial swarm into another top bar that I build so I can expand in that direction as opposed to just having, you know, multiple Langstroths. I think I'll, I'll shake them into a top bar. So that's the that's what I think it holds now beyond that personal, i have no idea <laughs> for your personal beekeeping future i think for us uh, as i work with les crowder we've got our operation that's not pretty established with a uh, turnkey and maintenance um agreements we're going to still move some bees around we're going to try to catch swarms using you know slum gum and buckets and pulp pots and things uh we're not going to buy bees we're looking to play with queen rearing and um, we're just going to focus on educating, you know, people. And I think that um, we're going to, there might be a little surprise at the end of the year where he and I are working on the, on writing some things. So Ooh. we'll see. Yeah. Yay. That sounds fun. I have that on my list too, but it's way towards the bottom. <laughs> it <laughs> well, is. That's what happens, right? Yeah. yeah. Unless you dedicate like an hour, you know, a week or 20 minutes a day or something it just never happens yeah uh, we've got i say we because some of these ideas did not come from me <laughs> they came from kevin um he has specifically created like the first three to four books in a series that he oh, thinks wow. that i should do and, and mainly because go. he was having really fun coming up with clever titles and then what those could be inferred into as far as like subject matter. So it's it's writing the book in the opposite way. Instead of doing None the book the coming up with work. the title. He's None of the, the hard work. He's doing the fun work. He's doing the like me with the episode titles. He's he's coming right. up with the titles of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there there is actually a slate of at least three in a series that uh, I want to do at some point. But again, this that is not happening in 2023. I'm not even putting that out there. That's like a... 24 or 25 maybe project because maybe at that point things will have slowed down to the point where I can dedicate the time that I need to on training and education videos and also speaking and then writing you know maybe I can get more into that um, because 
being a construction worker and that <laughs> investment property project is a whole nother ball of wax. And that sucker has like sucked the life out of me this year. And we're, we were supposed to be done, but we're not yet. So it's getting close, but not quite there. But um, just rejoice in the fact that once you're done, it should be smooth sailing moving forward. It should be, it should be. And so we haven't really talked much about this on the, the podcast for anybody. So um, one of the, this, it's a, it's a deceptively large building. And we've divided it into four separate uh, areas, four separate phases of construction. And what is relevant to everybody here on the podcast that actually kind of affects me is that the last stage, the entire lower level, is actually a commercial kitchen. So I will have my own, uh, it won't necessarily be a honey house, quote unquote, because it won't be just for that. Um, but I will have my own commercial kitchen where I can actually extract, bottle, label, all of that with my honey right here so i don't have to rent space or, or you know borrow beg and plead uh, on spaces to do that and a lot of people if you don't necessarily know this most of the requirements and regulations revolve around you can sell direct to consumers so i can sell to natalie i can sell to you um, but it has to be hand-to-hand -hand. so like if you go and you do a farmer's market you can do that you don't have to necessarily have that done in a facility that's been inspected so you don't have to worry about the, the food and safety, health regulation aspects of it. But if you want to sell online, if you want to sell bulk wholesale, or if you want to sell retail, you have to have it bottled and extracted technically in a certified inspected facility. So that is a huge accomplishment for me because now having this facility that I own, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have to worry about availability and renting space and things you know, so that I can continue doing this stuff. I will actually be able to take it to my own facility and uh, and do my own extracting and bottling, and that'll be great. I will enjoy I'm that. Very happy for you. I'm quite envious of that. And um, but now you have to build back up your numbers if you want to put produce enough honey to to use That's it. That's right. To if I want to sell it at a store at the moment, there needs to be a few more hives because two is not going to cut it. <laughs> not going to be enough. Uh, it's just enough for your own consumption. Basically. It's enough for me. That's right. You know, I might get, I mean, God, best, absolute best case scenario, I might get 60 pounds, like a five-gallon bucket, if I didn't do anything else right now. Uh, and that's also because like some of that would actually be cut comb from the top bar, things like that. So, yeah, so there, there definitely needs, needs to be more. Even my plan for next year of doubling it into four colonies instead of just two colonies, that's still not enough. <laughs> and it's counter honey productive, right? It is. Every time you, you try to do that increase, you're taking away resources, be that the bodies that you're needed to create the stuff or the actual resource of the wax and things that they would need so it's definitely going to be a trick sorry the little ball keeps like bouncing over here it's like <laughs> tickling the side of my Somebody's head right something here. something keeps getting me um yeah so so there's there's going to be a lot of growth and expansion that will need to be done but still even if i just have 60 pounds if i just have one five gallon bucket i can do my crush and strain right there and then i can turn around let it settle skim the top off and put it into the jars and jar it up and I could, you know, I could go sell yeah. those. It may be just like 60 jars, but I could go sell them. No matter what, you're not getting your entire kitchen sticky. That's true. Getting a different kitchen sticky. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, there's a, there is a section down there where the, uh, the radial extractor is actually going to be bolted into the floor. So that'll be a permanent nice. thing. 
Um, there's a couple of metal tables there already where you can, you know, do your jarring and, and have stuff set to do the different stuff. So um, it'll, it'll one little corner of this big, massive so commercial nice kitchen. Here. Yeah, it'll be very nice. So it's a big, wide open plan. So you get space. Yep. We, well, the space is, is slowly being filled up. There are items that are now being put in there. Um, but the construction aspect, we haven't made it down to that level yet. So the, the ceiling still looks like Swiss cheese from all the electrical and plumbing work that was done upstairs. So that still has to be done. Um, and I need to have the inspector come out and actually do a preliminary inspection to tell me, all right, you know, before we complete, I would rather know if something right. needs to be moved or changed before we finish construction so that it can just be part of it. So I need to get that scheduled. That, that'll be in the new year whenever that happens. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that has been taking up the majority of my time is basically any waking moment that I'm not in front of the computer, I am at a different location acting like a construction worker, tearing things down, building them, putting them back up. Um, all of my tools at this point are not here. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, I need to go. Oh. There's nothing here. Like I have nothing's here. All of my removal equipment's yeah, over there. The my yeah. saws, everything is like, it's not here. <laughs> so. Hey, at least that's a good uh, subject to talk about the um, difference between doing honey on a small scale from your kitchen, especially if you're doing natural comb, you can just do with whatever you have in your kitchen for tools, yep. uh, calendars, knives, you know, cutting boards and, and drying racks. And when you're doing it, at a larger scale, you got to get, you know, extractors and decap and capping tanks and all kinds of things. So yeah. it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out and what I do, because also a lot of mine is crush and strain because a lot of mine comes from the top bar. So I I've got the extractor. It's uh, I can do eight frames at a time. And that's plenty because in reality, especially today, I've only got one Langstroth colony, right? So I don't necessarily need to do right. big extractors and, and things like that. So I um, the extractors, I mean, the amount of work to clean it up and all the stuff. And I don't do much uh, plastic foundation because I don't like it for the bees. Yep. So I mean, the whole extractor thing is just kind of, I'd rather, you know, do it by hand and do a lot of cut comb because... Yeah. That's a lot of value right there and less work for it me. Is. So that's my favorite. I think if there's one thing that I would love to add at some point, it would be a small holding warming tank to mm. where instead of keeping everything in the five gallon buckets and, and having it always crystallized and then having to like go through it if I need liquid honey and like melt it back down and stuff, getting a small warming tank where you can bottle directly out of the tank I think that would be a nice next step that maybe I would add down there with the extractor itself. Um, because then I still do my extraction process, either crush and strain or from the, the physical radial extractor. But then once I've done the settling and the skimming off, that can be put into the actual holding tank. And then anytime I need a jar, you just crank her open and go. Um, and you can keep it at a decent temperature, which would be very similar to the ambient temperature in the summer outside. You know, you can keep it 80 to 90 degrees. The honey's not going to crystallize it's still going to flow smoothly enough that you can jar it up without getting a lot of bubbles and stuff in there. So I think that would be a nice potential future investment. But again, I don't necessarily see that happening in 2023 either. That may be a 2024 project. Um, so looking, looking out to the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get a lot on in your hands. It's like the ghosts of the past and present and future right there. Christmas, there we go. <laughs> Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. 
um, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting thing. I still um, I have other you know grandiose ideas that things that like Ken and I had come up with back in the day that I would love to do at some point, um, but we're just we're not to that stage yet. So we shall see. And actually, part of that kind of alludes to something else that you have hinted at before in the past that you and Les would also like to do. Um, but again, not there yet. But uh, once once something like that gets closer to fruition, we will let everybody know. Yes, exciting. Yes, indeed. Well, I think we have uh, we have chit chatted enough here for your holiday final episode. We don't want to keep you from your friends and family, and or maybe just your peace and quiet and solitude, and not having us chatter in your ear. So uh, we will call this good. We hope that everybody has a wonderful holiday season. And, uh, you know, if you're super bored, go back and listen to all the episodes of the podcast. <laughs> all the things that you have not the time to listen, just go back and listen to the missing ones. That's right. There you go. Check them out. We definitely appreciate all of your support over the last year. We look forward to talking to everybody again in 2023, which feels really weird to say and sounds really weird to say, but that's coming. That's the, the next episode will be in 2023. So we'll see y'all next year. Uh, until then. Be good. Be super mindful, guys. <laughs> and be safe, as always. Yes. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees. <laughs>